Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. I'm going to start right now because see if we can just end this matter of fear. I thought I ended it last, last week. I didn't. The spiritual fear. And I'm not going to summarize what happened last week. Cover that. But as a clarification I'm going to make, last week I was telling you about when spiritual fear becomes what? Sin. Did everybody hear it? And some people are worried about it. How can you be, because you're afraid, it becomes sin. And definitely can. There is a spiritual unbelief. Different from the unbelief. There's a difference between someone who actually has not known God and probably has unbelief. You talk to him about God, he doesn't want to listen. And there's another one that actually knows about God and still is labored under unbelief. That's the one that God gets so angry about. So we tried last week to cover by the, you know, the high priest, Zacharias, the, the, the father of John the Baptist. Why would everybody else who doubted God would doubt God? But only this man was punished. You see, Abraham doubted God, whether you like it or not. The Blessed Virgin Mary did doubt God. One word, how could that be? After all, I'm a virgin. But Zacharias doubted God. And God looking down from heaven and said, and you too. Of all the people who would doubt me, you who is my high priest, how could you also doubt me? And that comes to a situation about all of us. When we truly come now to the point where we say we know God. So I started from little faith. If you look at what happened last week. From little faith, little faith will bring you doubt. That is why when, John, when Peter was drowning, Christ said, where did you doubt all you of little faith? In other words, the little faith that got you to that point. And then doubt will bring you what? Unbelief. Once you have unbelief, the next thing is spiritual fear. Spiritual fear is only going to lead you to itching ears. Most of us, which we have, we want to hear from prophetess and prophet and everybody. We want to do blah, blah. Oh, this mighty man is here. Let's go around to him. Whatever it is. Oh, talk to us. What we want to hear, not what God wants you to hear. That's a feel-good doctrine I'm preaching. Tell us what will make us feel good. Well, you might as well go back to school because the university will teach you psychology 101. It's very easy to convince you that you should feel very good and jump. Everything is fine tomorrow. No, it is not. It is only fine when you walk according to the way God has sent, led you to go. And that's the only way. That is why when you look at the Lord, he said, look, tell the righteous, as I threatened, tell the righteous that's well with you. Look, tell the righteous. So don't jump before you say it's well with you because he's talking about the righteous. Are, are, we, are we together? Yes. Am I going too fast? Okay. So the spiritual unbelief, when you get to that point, that is the unbelief. Let me tell you what it is. Okay, let's get it right now. Let me make sure that everybody gets it. There's something that makes God so mad. And God has won. There's a reason why I'm saying this. Please, everybody, take this in very, very seriously. Very seriously. God has won that those people, those elect, the special ones, the given ones to understand the mystery of the kingdom of God. The predestinated. Those ones who have been given everything, like you and I. 
Because he said, nobody comes to me except I draw him. That's giving this opportunity to know him. If you still turn around when actually something starts happening, when you have affliction, a trial starts coming, and then you do not call to remembrance. Listen to me. You do not call to remembrance those wonderful old things the Lord did for you before. God hates it. God has been, his loving kindness has been there. His mercy has been there. His faithfulness has been there all along. His deliverance, his liberation, he's been securing you in everything. But all of a sudden, something happens. You begin to murmur and complain. And God said, so you have forgotten all I have done in the past. Can't you remember that if I did save you then and deliver you, that I'll still do it today? That's why God gets angry. And that's why he was angry with the children of Israel in the wilderness. He said, after all this I did for you, if it's someone else, I will not want to bother about it. But after all I have done for you, you still will come here and complain and murmur because of your spirit that's unbelief. And because of that, he punished them. In fact, God said he swore that such group will never enter his kingdom. And I'll show you to you. He said, I swore in my wrath, in my anger, they shall never enter. Because, you see, he becomes stubborn. Why do you think, listen, why do you think Saul, King Saul was so punished? Does anybody know why? King, King, well, disobe yeah, but is he the only one who had disobeyed? There's a difference between disobedience and stubbornness. If you look at what God is talking about, disobedience, he said, is as what? A sin of what? Witchcraft. But he said stubbornness is idolatry. That's that one who cannot be reformed. You see, where the Saul got so stubborn? Saul was told to go and kill everybody. You are right. He, he didn't do what he was told. But then, when Prophet Samuel came to him, why didn't you do what the Lord had commanded you to do? You know what Saul said? Saul said, I did it. In other words, there is no, there is no humble, broken heart. I did it. He argued with Samuel until the kingdom come. Until so long, Samuel said, look, let me tell you one thing. The Lord has taken the kingdom away from you. That's the only time he said, I'm sorry. And God said, it's too late. You see, because I have to remind you. So that's what he was struggling with, with the children of Israel. Let's read Numbers, please. Numbers 14. Read 11 first. Numbers 14, 11. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will these people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? Now listen, it's almost the same thing. We, we are going through this when, before we came to this place. There was something we were talking about. And it was uh, Pastor Charles that really got so touched. He said, how long? Listen to what God is saying. It's almost like what he told David. When David committed the sin of adultery, he said, David, I've given you everything in this whole world. If it wasn't even enough, you should have asked me. Why do you have to despise me too? That's why God was angry with David. And he's saying here, all these people have seen all these things I've done for them, and yet they come, they, they, they're here going against me. Read me 22 to 23, please. Because all these men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, yes. and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swore unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, 
because he had another spirit with him. Now, now let's listen. God swore that these people who stood after him after he had done, and I'm trying right now for God to help us with this teaching to save our lives. Listen to me carefully. We may think we're doing everything all right for God, but one single thing may turn him off. Especially when you know this God is there for me. He has always been there for me. He has never left me. He's faithful. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I know about it, but the slightest thing will come. God said, let me see. You see, that's what happened with the, the, the children of Israel. The children of Israel came in there and they were singing and praising God and so on. And God said, okay. The water turned bitter. And then they said, well, we don't like this one. And God said, okay, change it. Don't worry, Moses. Moses, change it. And the children of Israel were singing. Who is like unto you? sang it now. Who is like unto this God? Oh, gracious what? In holiness, fearful in praises, doing all the wonders. And God said, all right, I'm going to sit back and see if they mean what they are talking about. For one moment, do they really care or are they just saying it? He turned everything off. They said, what kind of God is this? He said, look at them. You see, and that is hap it happens to most of us. Something happens, all of a sudden we start blaming him. When you murmur and complain, you are telling God you have not learned the lesson. And the time has come for you to repeat first grade. And he'll send you. That's why he sent the children of Israel 40 years. For one day, day is what? But have you ever thought to yourself, calculate this, read me 34. Please catch this thing. It's very critical for us. After the number of the days in which you search the land, even 40 days, each day for a year, shall ye bear your iniquities, even 40 years, mm -hmm. and ye shall know my breach of promise. You shall know my breach of promise. How angry I am. Listen, please listen carefully. This is going to really save us a lot. But then let me ask you this thing. One day is for a year. That's a punishment. Can you believe that? One day is for a year that he pushed them back. But... Whom did he push back? If you've been reading the, the Bible with me. Whom did he give that punishment? Huh? Whom did he give that punishment? I know. Listen to me. Who did he, read the Bible. Whom did he give that punishment? He gave the punishment to the children of those who disobeyed him. Listen to me. Say, all of them that disobeyed me, they, they will all die in the wilderness. But as far as you people who have not even disobeyed me, but their parents did, because of their stubbornness, then I'm going to punish you. One day is going to be a year. Are you following what I'm saying? It's right there. Is it all those? Okay, <laughs> you guys were looking at me as if I, I framed it up. Can you read it, please? Yes, and your children shall wander in the wilderness see, 40 years. It's not unbelievable what we do. What we do can affect our children for a long, long time. I'm trying to tell you right now. This God has not changed. The same God. He has the spirit of unbelief. After you have seen all his wonders that's done for you, you're still going back. That is why. Read me Hebrew, please. 3, 7 to 12. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the mm -hmm. wilderness. Yes. When my, your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years, 
Wherefore I was grieved with that generation. I was grieved with that generation. Go on. And said, they do always err in their heart. They always err, yes. And they have not known my ways. Mm -hmm. So I swore in my wrath. Listen, for I swore in my wrath. That's what you got to understand, yes. They shall not enter into my rest. Let's stop right there. They shall not enter into my rest. They shall never enter into the kingdom of God. That's the rest of God, the divine rest of God. He's trying to tell you there. Please pay attention critically. That's the kind of thing that God hates more than anything else. And that's why he told us, if you look at it, the same person who wrote Hebrews went on going into the mystery of God. And that's why he went on Hebrews 6. Like, what? Hebrews 6, please, 4 to 6. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again to unto repentance, again. seeing they crucified to, to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Okay. You see how grievous the sin of that unbelief in going back you are going the Lord had brought you favored you given you everything and then all of a sudden you turn back against him and who did this get, get this? someone got this in right in the Bible maybe many of them did but let, let me cite only two examples because there's something new we have to cover today if you look at 1 Samuel 17 you see you see David when David went against was okay when David was preparing to go against Goliath Right? Read me 34 to 37, please. David says something. 34 to 35. God. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. Mm -hmm. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, and out of the paw of the bear, he, shall, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine, and Saul said unto David, Let, let's, let's stop right there. Thank you. God bless you. I just, I just, that's what I wanted us to try to get. When actually you recall and call to remembrance, no matter whatever is happening to you, you call spiritually to remembrance and said, This God who had done all this for me before. That's why I told you when I was in, back in Nigeria, at a certain point, I told you I, I almost, people thought I was going to die. There was nothing that did not happen to me. But I kept telling them, I said, you know one thing? They said, yes, you could just carry me, get me to the car. When I get to that church, I'll still speak. But the fact still remains that the God who showed me the kind of work he's called me for, nothing is going to happen to me until the end of that work. You see, when you have that kind of belief, and God sees it because he can never fail. He has never failed his own before. That's why we don't have much time. If you look at Daniel 3, the same situation, verse 17 to 18. You look at the three Hebrew men, right? Shadrach and Meshach, uh, but the rest of them. Literally, what did they say? The same assurance. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver He's us able. from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. 
But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Thank you. God bless you. The God whom we serve can deliver us. And he will deliver us. You see? But then if he chooses not to deliver us, so be it. He's still our God. But that does not mean that he cannot deliver us. That's why I told you to stop praying for your, your what? <laughs> I, I'm very grateful, Felicia, you don't have a microphone. <laughs> I never. That's why I kept telling you to stop praying for your, your heart's desire. That's not a good prayer. If you <laughs> for heart desire according to the will of God. But anyway, let's move on right now. Because as something we'll be talking since the beginning of the year. I have taught it before, or God had led us to teach it before. But now we're going to turn it now into spiritual. You see that God is the same. His word will come back the same way again. Now the question comes to be, how we've talked about spiritual fear. We said that somebody who is spiritually fearful does not know his way. We said it. He does not know God. We said it. He doesn't even, even me himself, he doesn't believe. He's wicked because he flees when nobody is pursuing him. We all know that, right? We also know that he believes in the devil. Because if you don't believe actually, if you are spiritually afraid, then you believe actually in the devil. If you believe in the works of the devil. But then how, how do you overcome this biggest problem that we have probably in our society? Why we say we are born again, we are children of God. But again, at the same time, we are still laboring under bondage or spiritual fear. How do you overcome that? That's what we're going to deal with right now. And if you use this method, this has been taught in a different type of topic, but if you use it, you win all the time. I'm telling you right now. It's the same formula that I've been taught before that the Lord said, this is the formula. Follow this God's formula. You will win. And we're going to define that formula. Those of you who are in mathematics, you're going to help us today. But it's, we're going to define this formula today. So there's a formula of God that overcomes everything. The formula that overcomes all overwhelming challenges. Every giant you have there, you know, there's always a giant on our face. This problem coming. The storm is coming. All sorts of issues coming against us. This formula will overcome it. I have taught it before in the, the one over there, but I will just go back again. Because right now we're trying to get so many things repeated, one way or the other. But it's all different too. It's a formula. How do you get everything subject to you? Now, let's put it this way. In Matthew 19, 26, he said that with God, all things are what? Possible. If with God, all things are possible, then all those who are of God, are you following me? All things are possible for those who are of God. Because anybody who is born of God, we say is who? God. The small g. Everyone who is born of God is God. Unto unbelievers and unto Satan. If actually that I'm born of God, I'm a child of God. Then if you look at Romans 8, 14, he said that as many as are laid by his spirit, those who are the children of God. You see? Those who are the children of God. And the ones who are born again, born of God, have taken on now Jesus Christ. If you look at Galatians 3, 27, he said they have put on Christ. They are now one with God. 
And that's the kind of relationship that God came, Jesus Christ came to establish on this earth, to be that relationship where you're one oh one with your Father and with your God. If then you are one with God, everything that's subject to you, are you, are you do you agree with me? Then why are we struggling sometimes? Right, brother? <laughs> why are we struggling sometimes then? That's what we're going to look at. If everything is subject to us, and all our needs are not, because if God is with you, that means that the kingdom of God is within you. Right? And if the kingdom of God is within you, everything else, including Satan, is subject to you. Then what are we, what are we afraid? Maybe we haven't gotten there. So if we take it step by step, what actually, answer me, what actually overcomes spiritual fear? We've been learning these things. I'm turning things around that it may confuse you. Faith? Wow. I'm, okay, let's all get up and go home. Obedience? Read me First John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. Go on. But perfect love casteth out fear, because yeah. fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. He that feareth is like I ask question here. What actually cast what actually will cast out overcome fear? I turn it around. And everybody that say, perfect love cast out all fear. Now, so let me ask you this. If we are then experiencing spiritual fear, does that mean that we're not perfect in love? If you're not perfect in love, do we know God? No. no answer. Look, because sometimes you people think that what this man is teaching is so hard. But I'm just let's put it around. If you're not perfect in, in love, are we? Do we know God? Yes. No. <laughs> because if you're not perfect in God, in love, but love is God. So if you're not perfect in God, you don't know God. You cannot know God halfway because you go to church. There's only one way to know God. Read me 1 John 2, 3, please. And 4. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. If we keep his commandments. Go on. He that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. You see? So we got a problem mm. right there. Whoever says that he knows him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. The truth is not there. But that's not what I want to talk about right now. I want to make sure I break this into about three, that there will be clear understanding of how to overcome anything, any challenge in this life. If you want to overcome it, this is the formula you're going to use right now. So he said, perfect love. Now, let's divide it into two. When we started talking about love, we talked about the love of God, right? You must be perfect in loving God. And many of us are short of it. We think it's every day praying or going to church. No. You must love God with everything you have. If anything ever comes before God, if anything even comes a distant second to God, whether it's your children or husband or wife or job or business, you don't love God enough. I want to put it to you right now. That's why he gave us an example. All the way from Genesis, he gave us Abraham and said, Abraham, go and sacrifice that only son I've given to you. Let me see if this man loves me. And Abraham was going to say, oh, now Abraham, I can see you love me so much. And God tried to prove it. And even by himself, 
He came in John 3, 16 and said, look, and, John, and God so loved the world. And the only way to prove to you that I so love you and to give you an example how to love me back is that I give, I give all, everything I have. So if God is important, if the kingdom of God is important to you, then you should give all for the kingdom of God. That's why he said that whoever is not willing to forsake all things. Now that, that, that's the first day I said that in, when we started the Bible study, somebody said, I just forsake, I, I have to leave. I said, you don't understand. God is not saying don't work, don't make money, or forsake it. Oh, no, 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 no. All those things is certainly what he wants us to do. But then he's saying, if anything will ever come before me, okay, if you're not willing to give up anything before me, we gathered here, we're talking about here, and then maybe there's something in your life, something that is so important, you say, no, this one, I cannot give it up. And who did that in the Bible? If you look at the rich young man, right? The rich young man, oh, he said, in fact, it was, I don't want to get into that because that's a long distance. He, he was so cocky. He came to Jesus Christ and said, well, how could I get into the kingdom of God? Christ said, well, go and obey the commandment. He said, which one? And the Lord said, okay, I'm going to take this man. He showed him different, he spoke to him about different kind of commandments and left the one that the most important one, which is love. And the guy said, all this I have kept all my youth. What then do I like? Oh, I'm perfect because I've been going to everything about church. And Christ said, so... There's nothing like it, right? He said, said, okay. Then go and sell what you have. Show that you have love God. Go and sell all you have. Give it to the poor. Come and follow me. If the kingdom of God is important to you. And the man said, no way in this life. <laughs> Which tells you two things there. Number one, he doesn't love God enough. Because if you look at Deuteronomy 6, 5, it said what? He said, thou shalt love the Lord your God with what? All that you have. Until this spirit, I'm telling you now, will come and take over you. Oh, no, 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 no. You'll still be struggling. Listen to me carefully. He will bless you more abundant than you can even begin to think. Whether financially, if that's what you're looking for. If that's a blessing. But if you put in force in everything, and how do you do that? I taught it already. Be the first and what? Be the first and the what? Be the first to love God. Stay on it until the end. No matter whatever happens. You stay on it. And then secondly, you must give God the first and the best. I'm just saying it right now. You must give God the first and the best all the time. And in loving God. Now, then being perfect in love for others. That you are trying to remove this overwhelming problem coming unto you. And there still remains this very moment. Any human being that you have not forgiven or reconcile with. Look at what God is talking about. Listen to me carefully. John 13, 34 says what? He said, this is a new commandment that I'm giving you now. As I love you, you love others the same way. If you go even to Colossians, he said, forgive them as I forgive you. That's how God is. Reconcile with others. I've reconciled with you. That's why the Bible tells us that we have been given the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Because that's what Christ did. He said, I've given you a sample to follow. You have to be able to follow it. If there is anything in this world you have not forgiven anybody, you will not be able to overcome any problem. Majorly. You may win it, but you have lost spiritually. You might have offended God in doing it. 
So that perfect love is talking about we cast out all fear. The cast of perfect love casts out all the fear that you have. Then who is actually this person that can overcome spiritual fear? That is the one that has a spiritual mind. When we talked about one who is born again, you see, all these things all come back again. When we talk about somebody who is born again, that is someone who has taken the characteristics of who? God. God-like nature, attributes. The spiritual heart, that is the only heart that can make you pure. That's why he told us in Matthew 5, it's a blessed are the pure in heart. That's all. He said this pure. Your heart is pure. Listen to me. I'm not the one saying it. He said, that's the only ones who shall see God. That's why he has created us and called us upon what? Righteousness and holiness all the days of our life. If you look at Luke 1, 74, he said, we've been delivered from the bondage of Satan so that we can serve this God all the days of our life. What? In righteousness and holiness. Without what? Maybe that's why we fear. Listen to me carefully right now. Catch what the scriptures are saying. Zachariah said this. The reason why we are delivered here and transformed into this place is that we may serve God now, from now on, all unto the rest of our life, in righteousness and in holiness, then without fear. It is when you serve God, and I'm going to come to it, when you serve God in righteousness and holiness, you know what he's talking about, and we'll come to it very, very quickly. What he's talking about, if you serve God in righteousness and holiness, that means that God is with you. If God is with you then, is it not the perfect Lord we're talking about? And that will cast out the fear. You know why? Because wherever you go, God is with you. Then there's nothing for you to fear because the battle is not yours anymore. So now, that's the one who actually has this quality. The one who has a spiritual mind. A mind that is, does not labor in vanity of things of this world anymore. But is set on above where Christ is. A clear mind, a sound mind. Someone who is spiritually fearful cannot be sound. A mind that's not in bondage anymore to the things of this world. That is the only one who can. And who is this person? That's one who is born of God and born again of God, have taken all the attributes of God and one with God. That's the spirit of God that can worship God. With that mind, he can then Overcome spiritual fear. Pray for God to give you that mind. I'll pray for you already, but pray for God to give you that mind. Where nothing ever puts you, because you then you find that everything happening, let it happen. It's like you're laughing. And God can do it. Now, you know why? How then do you overcome? Our problem is that we labor so much thinking that we have done enough. Oh God, after all, we've been laboring here and praying and fasting every day and this and that. Some of us fast and we're fasting that our enemy should die. And those we're fasting to God. It cannot be. And we start blaming God. How come? How come? We pray every day. After all, we are this in the, I mean, you know, we are the, every day we are here suffering and said, what are you doing? Is that what I sent you? I think, we, let's read it so you can see where God is saying, look, Quit wasting your time. That is why. Who told us that? Jeremiah 2, 17 told us what? He said, didn't you bring all these problems upon yourself? 
And Hegai 1, 6 to 7 said what? He said, all these things you're talking about, my child, have you considered their past? What they've what they been doing? You see? But Isaiah was very blunt. Isaiah was so blunt. Read me Isaiah 58. 1 to 9, please. Cry aloud. Cry aloud, yes. Spare not. Mm -hmm. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. And show my people their transgression. And the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily. Mm -hmm. And delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness. And forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, mm -hmm. you find pleasure, and exact all your labors. Behold, you fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the feast of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Mm -hmm. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? This is a fast. To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh, then shall thy light break forth as the morning. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there because of time, please. God is saying, is that the fast I've ordered? Is it not for you to do simple things? You think it's the heavy stuff? You want to look that they are fasting? He said, you just do what I tell you to do. Simple things. Exactly just going ahead and rehearsing and quoting back what? If you, if you, if you look at the same Isaiah 61, 1 to 2, you know what Christ said? The Spirit of God is upon me to set the captive free. Except if there's any captive in your heart today, you are wasting your time. God will not hear you. You may think he's hearing you, but he's not hearing you. Why? If you look at Psalm 66, what, 18, he said, if I even ever regard iniquity in my heart, this God will not hear me. Because God cannot be associated with iniquity. God is clean and pure and holy. That's why he told us from the beginning up to this moment, that shall be holy, for I am holy. And Christ was saying also that, if you look at Matthew 5, 48, he said, be you perfect, as also your heavenly Father is what? Perfect. Now, I'm, rush, I'm rushing this thing because we need, need to get over. But then how do you overcome? What is the, then the formula? Let me ask you this. I've mentioned about two things here. What actually overcomes spiritual fear? Then I said, who overcomes spiritual fear? Then what is this formula? That's a wonderful formula we're going to deal with here right now. What is the formula then? Okay. You try. But he got it. Perfect love and what? Obedience. You see, that is the formula. The same thing, the two keys to the kingdom of God I told you from the beginning. That I was told this is the only way to go. Everything you do will come back to that two keys. Love and obedience. Now let's go and see the demonstration of it. So well, why don't you put it, let me, let me put it if I, like I said, this formula of God is what? Love is what? 
love plus O is equal to V. I don't know. Or Victor, okay. Or the, the third order, whatever. I don't know how they put it in the mathematics. But love is able to be able to be victory. So let's look at it. I've taught this before, but let's see this formula now. How to overcome everything, whatever it may be on this earth. Whatever giant before you, whatever miracle. I'm talking about formula that brings every, whatever miracle you want. You know, there's something. We run all over the place, run all over the globe, chasing for God. And he said, why are you running and wasting all your money, my child? Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Look their force. That's why I tell them, you go to church. You may just go to church and dress so nicely and go to be in the church. You are wasting your time as long as the house of God, you, is not clean. You are going there and joining the crowd. But it starts from there. Then when you go, you will listen. Because that is not his house. In the first place, it's a house built by man. The house is you. And that's what he's looking at. And nothing more than that. So to overcome all this, to prosper. How many of us want to prosper? How many of us want to prosper? You know, you know it's, it's, it's amazing. The truth of the formula of God is there. If one should prosper. If one wants an inheritance, an everlasting inheritance for his family, is there. But you see, there are some people that will just get up there and say, I'm a prosperity teacher. What, what do you mean by a prosperity teacher, a miracle teacher? Is that what you're supposed to be teaching? Follow the spirit, what God has told us, and he will never change. From Genesis to Revelation, I'll show you now, this same God has never failed. He said, this is my only way for you to follow it. And you have every miracle. You have every need. That's why if you look at what Matthew 6, what, 6 33, he said what? He said, seek you first. That is something that has been there from Genesis even. Seek you first the kingdom and the righteousness of God. He did not say seek the kingdom only, but the righteousness. That's be holy as God is. He said all other needs, you don't even need to pray them, they'll be added unto you. So this is a formula you're going to get right now with that before. And that's then we go to Joshua 1. There with Joshua 1. Pay attention, please. Joshua 1, verse 5. Verse 5. Yes. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Let's stop right there. No, go on. Did you finish it? No, sorry. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. But there's a warning, a caveat I need to give right now before we proceed. There's a very big caveat. Read me 2 Chronicles, please. You go back to Joshua, but read me 2 Chronicles 15 too. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him. 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. 15 too. 15 too. Is that what you have there? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's, let's, I think I'm, let's go back to Joshua. Let's go there again. Don't worry. Be strong and of a good courage. Okay, let's stop right there. I need to ask a question, please, everybody. God told Joshua, there shall not be any witchcraft. You know, we, we love that word, right? Witchcraft, whatever. There shall not be any weapon from the guest. There shall not be any, where is it, the, the spiritual husband? There shall not be any spiritual husband. There shall not be any man-made spirit. Listen to me carefully. There shall not be any, those big birds flying about that will carry you up. There shall not be any man or any woman or any spirit or anything in this life that shall ever stand before you. 
an amazing promise to a human being. But Joshua was like you and I. But why did God say, even where we spread, where we stop right now, why did God, God say, Joshua, nobody can stand before you? Because you'll be what? Because you'll be with him. That, please, let's, let's get this now. Because he said, because I will be with you. As I was with Moses, Joshua will be with you. In other words, without me, Joshua, there's nothing you can do. You'll be so afraid. You can't do anything. As I was with him, because my presence, that's what you're going to be able to take right now. The presence of the Lord. My presence alone is enough. And that is all you and I need to seek. Simplify your life. I was trying to bring that right now. The only thing you need is the presence of God. The Spirit of God in you. Because say, I will dwell in them. Read me first John, please. 325. 24. 1 John 3, 24. Okay. And he, and he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. And he in him. And he in him. Yeah, go on. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given by us. By the spirit which he has given us. You see, he's saying, then again, he goes to the formula again. Let's put this obedience. That is where our biggest problem is. And that's what nobody wants to teach in churches anymore. Is that you have to obey first before anything else. Nobody wants to talk about it. They keep talking about all the wonders that will happen. But God has said, yeah, my child, you can have all these wonders. But those wonders are not more important than myself. I am the giver. Now, all of a sudden, the gift is greater than the giver. You want the gift, but you don't want to care about the giver. That's where the problem is. You see, he said, those who obey him, he lives in them. Because he lives in them, then there's absolutely nothing that can overcome them. Now, we're going to this formula right now. So he goes further. He said, Okay, Joshua, no man can stand you. But he goes to verse 6, says what? Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land. All right. Now, that's where last time, except those who were, who were with me before. We, we talked about this, Joshua, before. Those who were, in, were in before. What actually was God? What reason was God asking Joshua be strong and be courageous? God said, Joshua, be strong and courageous, Joshua. No, 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 no. Those who are not with me before. Huh? No, because of the trouble huh? that he's going to face. That's what, you see, let me tell you one thing. I was in the bathroom. I was going to the bathroom to, to take a shower. And the Lord asked me the same question, which I thought everybody. Every church I've gone to, because when God reveals something to you, a mystery to you, if you go and ask that question and anybody answers it, I have not had it before. It was not from God. I am telling you, it blocks everybody because it's only him that can reveal it to you. There's no reason for him to do that. Why? I don't know. I was going to the bathroom here in, the, in my, my house. Why did I ask Joshua to be strong and courageous? I said, because Joshua is going to face overwhelming problems. And God said, I said, what have that got to do with it? And I thought when I came, I came to my office, right? God did not ask Joshua to be strong and courageous because of what Joshua was going to face. No. That's where we get it wrong. And if we can get it right, then we have a formula to win everything. Okay, read seven. See why 
God asked Joshua to be strong. Only be thou strong and uh -huh. very courageous, that thou mayest observe to that do. That may obey me. Go on. According to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Now, the, what God is saying is that be strong and courageous. Do not compromise. Do not turn left or right. Don't get yourself into inviting all the feeling good doctrine. Whatever I've commanded you, be strong. No matter opposition, if they will kill you, if they will chop you to pieces, make sure you stay on and obey me. That's all I want you to be strong, Joshua. Don't worry about anything else. That's all. If you see, God came back and told us what, exactly what it, why he wanted Joshua to be strong and courageous. So that you can obey me without a compromise, without any variation, without any acting or subtracting. In everything you do, let it be that you have obeyed everything I've told you to do. Joshua, that is the only burden you have. Listen to me now. We talk about burden. Oh, the burden of the Lord is too, too much. And no wonder. You know that First John 5, 3. You know what he told us? He said, he said what are you talking about, the burden of the Lord? He said, the, the word, the commandment of God is not even grievous. The first time I read that thing before, I just, uh, the, the, the Lord called me. I said, John must be crazy out of his mind. I know I thought I was saying the same thing. What can he be saying? It's not giving us. It's difficult. But God makes a, simp a simplified life. You don't understand. The only thing you have to do, my child, is to do what I tell you to do. Instead of fearing the unknown, just fear me. And my fear is nothing. But in Proverbs 8.13, yeah? Proverbs 8.13 says what? It says, the fear of the Lord, all is about there is to depart from evil and appearance of evil. Whatever that is evil, forget about it. That's the same thing we teach our children. I don't know what God has done against us. That's why he told us, well, testify against me. If there's something I have done, what else should I have done that I have not done already? He comes back and says, look, all I ask Joshua, Joshua, obey what I tell you to do. And what is it telling Joshua to obey? Joshua, stay out of something that's evil. That is all. Then he said, if you do that, then the kingdom of God is within I'm just putting that word. The kingdom of God is within you. All prosperity, every success. Joshua, you will have it. And there shall, then when you do that, that's when verse 5 will kick in. There shall not be any man or woman or witchcraft that can stand before you. Read me that, that, that 8, please. Verse 8? Is that where we are? Seven. 7, please. Okay. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand the right. or to the left, Yes, that thou mayest prosper mm -hmm. whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out now, of thy mouth. Now, let's stop there. As God is so wonderful. Our Father is so wonderful. As if he wanted to make sure you and I and Joshua understood. Joshua, let me make this in plain now. Huh? All this I've been talking about mystery, but let me make it, make it plain to you, Joshua. This book of the law, I'm giving you shall never depart. Finish it in. Only then, and only then, I'm adding the only. Only then, Joshua, shall you prosper and be successful. Go on. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written all. therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, mm -hmm. and then thou shalt have good success. And then thou shalt have good success. Listen to, and then, and then. Only when you have done this thing shall you have good success and shall prosper. Because then the Lord your God will be with you. And the battle is his and not you, Joshua. Hmm. Don't worry about the battle. Don't worry about those giants there. 
Don't worry about all those all wonderful things following me. He said, look, all you got to do is to follow what I tell you to do. Then I, God, with me, all things are possible. I will do it. Because it's not by might or power, but by my spirit that will go and fight the battle. And the battle is not yours, Joshua. I mean, I just want everybody to understand that. That is the burden of Joshua. And if you look at it, that is why Christ, Jesus Christ, he turned around to us and said, well, if you look at Matthew 11, right, 28 to 30, he said, come on to me, all you. You are so much carrying so many things there, but come to me. My own is so light and simple. But we will not understand it. Even from all the way, from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy. What is then God asking us, if you look at it? What is the burden? To simplify your life. You want the simplest thing in your life. Do you want a simplified life? Do what God tells you. Just obey me. Don't worry the rest. I'll be there. That is why none of us, and that's what he told me when I was in a natural state, I was doing a revival, and then something happened about the car. That I was doing, and I was worried all night, and he said, well, that's your problem. You see, you're just like others. There's one commandment none of you will ever keep. Take no thought for yourself. Yes. In Nassau State, I thought that somebody, the, the, the car something went wrong. And something went wrong. But then, you see, I had to finish the revival the next day. Instead of me concentrating on what I was supposed to do and finish the work of God, I was worried about the car and I didn't sleep all night. And the Lord said, yeah, you see, it's the same thing. Just like any other one. That one commandment, you will never even pay attention. What are you going to do now? You're not in the hotel worrying. And yet you can't do anything. I'm the Lord, we're doing. And yet, you are here worrying. Instead of worrying about doing what I tell you to do. And don't worry about the rest. Take no thought. Nobody ever. That's a commandment all of us breaks, right? Yeah. Take no thought for yourself. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to take for matter. You know why? Anytime you take matters into your hand, you're not a child of God. Pray that God will give you. When we come to taking matters into your hand, you, you will see it. Pray that God will give you that spirit where you don't take matters into your hand, no matter how long it is. And I'm not here going to go start to you many things because that's not the topic we're talking about. But if you look at Moses, Abraham, up to today, that's why you have war. And the, the Jews and the, the Arabs will never make peace until Christ comes. Why? Because Abraham took it upon his own hand. I'm going to give you a child, but uh, let me say, okay, fine. You're adding the problem to yourself. And they added it on. That's the way it works. So to overcome that, that's why he's saying, what is actually am I asking you to do? Look, think about it that way. What is God asking us to do? What is the burden that is asking us to do? Read me Deuteronomy, please, 10, 12 to 13. Let it be simplified, please. It's a simplifier of life. And now, Israel, what does the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, mm -hmm. and to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God. With all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the keep Lord the commandments, yes. and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. For thy good. Listen to me. Have you ever seen a father like this before? Someone who tells you, stay away from trouble so you don't get you don't hurt yourself. And we don't like it. He said. Keep all my commandments so that it will be well with you. And that is all. Not well with God. God does not change. No matter whatever we do. He said, only do it. And that's why Solomon. You see, Solomon and God is at the end. Even David could not get it for a long time. 
David proclaimed it. If you look at if you look at what uh, Psalm twenty three was just saying that you know the what the Lord is my shepherd. I shall never want to shall fear. But sometimes David will be crying and say, "Man, everybody's upon me, Lord. What are you doing there? Kill them and this and that." But eventually, in Psalm one hundred nineteen, David said, "It is really good to suffer affliction, so that I will know how to obey this God." And Solomon got it at the last chapter, right? The last chapter of Ecclesiastes. After writing everything and said, oh, everything my eyes, well, I'll grab it. And this and that. Solomon said, you see, I, I cannot believe all this vanity of vanity. Then he comes back into the conclusion. Every book, the whole book he wrote, he said, what is the conclusion of what the matter of destiny talking about? Fear God and obey him. He said, that is only duty. Any other thing you are doing, you are doing it. <laughs> the whole duty. Every other thing he said, it's a labor and it's vanity and vexation of what? Spirit. So let us start from that point, fearing God and obeying Him. He said, Every other thing, look, I will do for you. Joshua, just like what, what Moses, I will be with you. Why? Because the Lord your God then will be with you wheresoever you go. It is no longer you, and somebody who wants to touch you will have to go through me. And who can contend with the Almighty God? That's precisely what he's talking about. But you are taking refuge in a place that's a sinking distance. Come to me. We don't shake anymore. But you see, this combo, the combo I'm talking about, you know when you go to McDonald's, they say the combo, whatever it is. That, the three combo, the three, three, that's three. Three of them, okay? The three of them, be strong, of good courage, and fear not. Are you, are you following me now? Which means, let me tell you one thing, as long as you are not perfect with God, you continue to fear. And you cannot be perfect to God and you are not perfect to human beings. Listen to me carefully. You are wasting your time. There's no way you can say, I love this God, I'm perfect in the love of God, but there's somebody. That means that that's somebody you do not love, that something is wrong with between the two of you, you will always be looking, what? Your shoulder. God bless you. That's why he told the Israelites, he said, you know one thing? He told the Jews, he said, no one thing. He said, since you don't want to listen to me and do what I tell you to do, he said, even a mere shadow will chase you. You will run. You will not even know. But then if you follow me, one of you will defeat, will make 100 run. Because it's no longer you, it's my spirit that is doing it. So somebody try this combo, and I'm going to end there because of, oh, we're doing wonderfully great. Because we say we're going to be ending every time now, six to eight. But somebody did this combination. We go again to David. David in 1 Samuel 17. 44 to 45. Look at what actually happened between David and Goliath. Right? That's a combination of all the three things. Strength, courage, and fear not. And the Philistine said to David, mm -hmm. Come to me. And I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Mm -hmm. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. And I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know 
that there is a God in Israel. Amen. All the eight million are with there's a God. Now, how many of you can tell where is that uh, spiritual husband? How many of you can tell the spiritual husband or spiritual wife, whatever it may be, that's pursuing our people? Oh, Marine, or whatever you want to do. How many of you can face that and say, this is a situation you cannot and don't even there and don't bother except you do, look at the burden of Joshua. Follow the burden of Joshua. And I'll show you, do that what you tell then God is with you. And that combination, look at David. How David got such courage and strength. Now, he told Gelek, you come into me with a sword, which is the word of God. Listen to me, everything there. The word of God, that's a sword. He said, I will judge the word with the sword of my mouth. And it will pierce through bone. Now, but how can you use the word of God when you don't know the word of God? That's the problem. Now, you can tell me, some of you may say, well, what do you mean we don't know the word of God? I think that one church would tell me, what do you mean we don't know the word of God? How do you know the word of God when you don't live the word of God? That I know the word of God is I live it. If you look at exactly what God was telling Joshua, that shall meditate. You shall never turn left or right. In other words, you must breathe the, the word. You must live it. You must eat it. You must drink it. Everything about the word of God, you must keep it. Otherwise, it's of no use if you don't live the word of God. That is the problem we have in many ways. We can say, we can hear it. You know why? The devil can quote the word more than you. But the devil cannot, does not know the word. Because the devil cannot keep the word of God. That's where you beat the devil flat any moment, any time. It is not the word of God you pronounce. It is true obedience. Once you obey that word, that's what the devil hates. I'm telling you, we'll run away from you. Because when you obey that word, then there's someone who has come in now and inside you that's greater. And you live with him. So the word, for you to speak the word of God, you better do what? You better live it. And now, despair is what? The name of the living God. There's nothing more important than the name of Jesus Christ. The almighty God, Jehovah, his father. There's no name greater. I don't even know if some of you have gotten into like a dream, a horrible dream, all of a sudden, by the grace of God. Any dream you have that you get up and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, that thing was meant to hurt you so badly. That thing was meant to, and God's grace and spirit coming in. And even at the mention of that name, um, even a dream. Yeah. Have, have you, have you, uh, have I called to you before? Yes. There's no name greater than that. Yes. But who, how can you call the name of the one you don't believe in? And how do you believe in him if you don't love him? But can you love him if you don't obey him? It goes back to that circle again. And that's what happened where? Was it in the Acts of, Acts of Apostles, right? Was it 13 to 15? Yeah. Well, we don't need to read it. Everybody knows it. You know, I mean, these guys were going and proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ that Paul was calling upon. The devil said, huh? So, you too, you. Eh? Jesus Christ, I, I know I know him. And I know Paul. But who are you? Eh? If you call upon the name you don't believe in, 
You don't believe in him if you don't obey him. That's why he told you what? You are my friends if you do what I tell you to do. That is why, if you look at the circle of all this formula I'm telling you right now about obedience. Read me John 8.29, please. And he that sent me is with me. Yes. The now, now, this, Jesus Christ is saying this. Please listen. Who? The son of the living God. He's trying to tell you the importance of this. And he that sent me is with me, yes? The Father has not left me alone. Yes. For I do always those things I, I that please always, him. I do always, listen, please, use this. I do always those things that please him. That's why the Father was with him all the time. Christ is telling you that even I, the Son of the living God, if I forsake him, he'll forsake me. Because that's how God is. So, that obedience, that's why God will stay with you, is the only, is the key. That formula, love and obedience, the same situation, going every time I'm talking to you right here now. Going. So, you're calling upon the name of the person you don't believe in, it will not work. The enemy is going to slap you. In fact, if you do that, oh, devil, I rebuke you, said, oh, you. You who can't even obey one thing he tells you to do, you are rebuking me. All of a sudden, you think you're stronger. You have to go and disarm a strong man with something stronger. You have to. Otherwise, it will hurt you. There have been many people back in Nigeria when I was there who were doing all this uh, revival. And some of them will just go like today, tomorrow. They will not come back. almost dying. They are sick. They're not even ready. They didn't ask God whether they should go. They want to go. Because they're looking for their belly, not for what God has sent them. And that's where the problem is. So, now, look at David there. The sword... The what? The spear, which is the, the name. He's talking about something he believed in. And, it would, and then the, the biggest problem all of us have is a shield. That's the full armor of God. Again, it goes back to obedience. There's nothing else you can do. If you obey God, you are following with God, he's with you. He puts on the full armor of God on you. Then the devil cannot even penetrate and nothing can ever touch you. That's the combo, the combination, the threat. And David all got it right. I'll end here because of the time we, we said we're going to, because yeah. we have so many things. We want to make sure we conclude every other thing and get to 8 o'clock. That's the way we're going to be doing it now and go. But I wish we'll be praying and do other things, and I wish everybody, I wish everybody, honestly speaking, that will understand this mystery. It's a simple mystery. And believe me, it is a very simple thing to do. It's a very simple thing to do. If the Spirit of God comes to you, very simple when the Spirit of God comes to you to obey Him. I am telling you, it is not as hard like uh, uh, my brother was just saying, oh, it's, it's hard. It's hard. But you see, you're looking at it from a wrong angle. All it tells you to do, surrender to me, totally from your heart. And then I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new spirit that will do that thing which no man can do. So what was he telling Joshua? Joshua, do that one you can do, which I tell you to do. Just obey me. Joshua, then I will come and do that one which you, Joshua, cannot do. To overcome for you. And I pray the Lord that the Lord will bless you and put the spirit in all of you to overcome all challenges. And my prayer, even as I'm talking right here, right now, is that all of you will have that spiritual mind that every spiritual fear in this life will be gone. And that you'll be the master of all things that God has 
given to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.